I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Uh, joining me today is Jean Collins, author of Two Feet In, Lessons from an All-In Life. There's nothing wrong with looking at life as a metaphor, especially if it's a metaphor of building a house from the foundation to the framing to the rooms inside. That's how Jean Collins was able to have leave hardship and pain behind and build her own house on a hill. She explains how laying a strong foundation by doing the work to address the pain of the past, building pillars to support yourself, and putting up the right kinds of walls can result in the reconstruction of your emotional wellness and connection to your life or in your life. She's an award-winning interior designer who left the corporate world behind to find her true self through design and internal reflection. She was the winner of the 2022 Lux Magazine Red Award and was recently nominated as an HGTV Designer of the Year. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on, Jean. Thank you so much, Catherine. I'm excited to speak with you. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, let's get into it. Okay. It seems that you were able to create this strong foundation, reconstruct an emotional wellness. Um, but I guess my first question is, you're able to do it. There are many women who are able to do it, but there are many who are not able to do it. And what gets in their way? Yes. The the biggest thing I found that also got in my way um, at times as well. So I'm not perfect, but I think the biggest thing that gets in our way is the doubt and not trusting ourselves and trusting our decisions. And so we get stuck in our own minds overthinking things and thinking that, well, what if this happens and what if that happens and all of the negative? Well, but you know, none of that might ever happen. So I, I think it's the self-doubt that really stops us from moving forward and making choices. And, and that's one of the things that I've been able to change um, for myself, which has allowed me to create the life that I have now. How did you overcome that self-doubt? What did you do? I decided I got myself in situations where I didn't really have a choice. And I just sort of looked at it as what's the worst possible thing that happened. And, and if I fail, okay, then I'm not meant to do that. And so it really was a mindset shift um, that made it that I was able to just make a decision, move forward, don't look back, don't doubt it, and just say, you know what, if I don't believe in me, no one else is ever going to believe in me. So I have to believe in myself. And no matter what happens, I will be okay. And it's really mindset. And by doing that and then doing it and then seeing, oh, wow, you know what? It did work out. It didn't work out exactly as I thought it would because nothing ever does, but it did work out okay. And then I was able to do it again and again and again and again. And I've been able to build the life I have as a result. Jean, let's get into this specifics. Okay, what did you have to overcome? Let's maybe go back to the beginning or back to your beginning uh, because you had a lot of things that you had. You had divorced, uh, career changes, <clears throat> the challenges of motherhood, all the stuff, right? So, yeah. Yeah, okay. And so let's talk about that and then move forward and uh, specifically look at each one of these challenges and what you did to overcome them and to be where you are today as you just described it. Sure. So, you know, we'll go back to when I was um, 30 and the first time I was married um, and um, my marriage wasn't really going very well. Um, it was okay. It wasn't bad. It wasn't awful. It just 
um, my husband and I kind of became two ships passing in the night and we wanted different things out of life. And um, some incidents happened and he made some choices that I didn't align with. And somehow I realized that I had married my mother and the negative traits of him were my mother. And once I was able to clearly see that, and I was struggling with my relationship with my mother, once I was able to clearly see that, I realized, oh, wow, this isn't the life I wanted. Um, So I asked for a divorce and everyone was surprised. We've been together for eight years and, you know, we owned a house. We had a nice life. We seemed to get along well and we did. But I made the choice that I don't want that in my future. I don't want to be married to my mother. My ex-husband was a very negative person and he lived in the mindset of I will be happy when. And I just thought I can't live my life waiting for the win to be happy. I need to be happy now and creating that in the present, not thinking my happiness is going to come in a future state. And I realized that someone who has that mindset, who isn't willing to change it or work on it, which he wasn't, is not the right fit for me. So I asked for a divorce and, you know, had to sell my house and move into a much a house that was not nearly as nice and just plow forward. And so that was the first time that I really chose myself and how I wanted the partner in my life to be from a mindset perspective. So that was the first time. Um, I think that's really difficult, that first step for women to take, or or at least the women, you know, as a social worker, the women that I have seen in the past, like really being able to take a look and even if the situation isn't horrendous, as like as you're describing it, you know, you're not with somebody who's necessarily beating you up or a drug addict or, you know, really extreme kinds of behavior, but this is not the person for you. And to be able to walk away from that, that's not easy. No, it's not easy at all. It really isn't. Um, And I was fortunate that I had friends to support me and family members to support me. I mean, and and believe me, everyone was shocked. Um, But at the same time, I really spent time focusing on the why and why I don't want that in my life. And if that person can't change, why that's not going to help me build the life that I want. And just really believing that having that negativity in my life was not going to result in me being a positive person or me being the person that I wanted. And so I had to stand up for the belief that I wanted something different, even though, to your point, it wasn't bad. He's a nice guy. I mean, there's nothing wrong with him. He's just not the right energetically matched person for me. So I had to make that first step. And then once you do, and the process is painful, you have to recognize you're not going to turn your life over in a day. Um, it, the process is painful and you have to keep working on it. Um, but I kept standing behind the reasons that I did it was to try to find someone who was going to make me be a better version of me, not someone who was going to bring me down to some of the things from my past that were challenges for me and how I was raised in my relationship with my mother and my lack of emotional connection with my parents and just being a person who had a lack of emotional connection to begin with. I needed to try to figure out how I was going to walk away from that and had I had to take a first step. So getting back to when I did the introduction in the intro and I said that uh, well, you're the one who has said it, though, but you look at life as a, a metaphor, a metaphor of building a house. So, OK, you've taken this first step and you're building a different kind of a foundation, I'm assuming, right? That the other. Correct. 
yeah, uh, the other house wasn't working. So put it in the context of the metaphor for the house. What's next? What's the next step? Sure. So, yeah, I mean, you can take anything in your life and any changes that you make in your life and, and look at it that way. So for me, when I got divorced, the foundation started to be, okay, I need, you know, the first house I moved into after I moved out of my own house and sold my house wasn't great. And so that was causing me a lot of anxiety. So I then six months later had to then move again. And and once I moved the second time and found the second place to live in, it it had more space. It had a better yard for my dog. It was more quiet. My furniture fit better. I felt the minute I walked into the second house that I rented, I felt more at ease and more like this could be a home. And so once I had that second home where I felt better, that rental became my foundation. And then I was able to start to build the framing and build the walls. So then I started being more social. I started, I joined a tennis club and started doing tennis lessons because I love tennis and had stopped playing. I started getting more involved in the town. Then I got to the point where I said, okay, I feel better about myself. I felt good about my job. I felt like I was in a healthier emotional state. And then I said, okay, let's start working on some of the finished work. I then decided to go out and put myself into online dating. Okay, let's give that a try. I did. And then I met someone who in turn became my second husband and the father of my child. We in turn later got divorced. But that whole process was me building up self-confidence in myself, building a life I felt proud about, living in an environment where I felt, oh, I could have someone come over and I'm not embarrassed and I feel good in this house, and I wake up feeling happy in this house. So for me, it didn't happen right away. I, it happened six months later when I was finally able to move, and that second home did actually become the foundation of me building you know, and re- reinventing myself in a way and building a next life You know, in my early 30s as someone who had already been divorced when everyone else was married and having kids, and I was a little unique in that sense, but that's okay. That's okay, and the, and I what I hear you saying is it's really important the con your con, the context in which you live where you live that's and sometimes people I think do disregard that I mean be real you 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 feel good in a certain place and you don't feel good in some in other places you're describing it and once you feel good in your environment where you're living it really gives you that kind of well, you talk about I guess the connected the emotional connectedness to your home is really critical. Um, and to, I guess, for the kind of satisfaction and moving forward that you continue to do. I mean, now you've built this. Correct. Yeah. Really successful business. Talk to us about that. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So just to talk one moment about your home, um, you know, I, and that'll transition into my business. Um, I have really learned that, you know, and COVID, I think, has made everyone appreciate their home environment um, and either love them or, or hate them in some ways, right? Because we spend yes. so much time at, at home and it caused us to actually live differently um, because we had to, to figure out how to be comfortable in our own homes and just comfortable with ourselves um, and that alone time and not having everything be scheduled. So the benefit of COVID has has really helped us really think about our homes differently as a society. And I think your home is so important. So um, right before COVID, I um, lost my big corporate America job. I spent 22 years 
being an advertising sales executive. And right before COVID happened, um, I got laid off. I got let go. And I had been at that company for 11 years. And um, it was part of what I felt defined who I was, was being a VP of sales. And I was really proud of what I had accomplished in that career. And I got let go. And I realized that I was turning 50 that year. And I, I really had to take a deep reflection into what did I want to do with my life and who did I want to be and how did I want my life to be and what did I want my days to be like? And I realized that corporate America caused me a great deal of stress and it had caused a lot of mental and even physical pain to me. Um, and so I really spent a lot of time thinking about what did I want my days to be like? How, how was, what did happiness look like for me? And it's interesting when you think about that because you think you're happy, but then sometimes you realize you weren't really, you weren't really happy or you weren't at peace. And so I had a passion and my passion was interior design. And so just like some of the other choices I've made in my life, I was too feet in with that choice. And I decided I have to work for another 20 years. I'm a single mom. I'm going to be working till 70. So I might as well love what I do and feel like it's tapping into my passion and my energy and making me a better person. And so I decided to start interior design business and I did. And I went back to school um, during the, you know, the very beginning of COVID, went back to school to get um, two certifications in interior design to give me some credibility and started my own business and just jumped in. Um, and, and that was about three and a half years ago. And ever since, I have really had the opportunity to realize that what I do is I help people improve their homes. And other than their relationships and their relationship with themselves, nothing matters more than the environment that they live in. And I've been able to see firsthand how by changing and improving their environments, both for function and for energy and for wellness and lifestyle, people really improve their lives. And it is such a gift that I can now give back and be able to help people improve their lives, starting with their foundations, which are their homes. What about how did the, you were VP of sales how did that help you to make this leap and to be able to really, okay, you're taking a look at yourself. What am I really passionate about? What do I really want to do? I don't want to go back into corporate America. But in most cases, and it seemed perhaps in your case too, there are a lot of skills that you had or had and that you do have that you acquired as VP of sales, right? And so that you make that, that helped to make that transition or help yes. make the transition yes. into creating yes. your own so business. Part, right. That's exactly it. Part of the reflection of trying to figure out what do I want to do and what do I want my days to be like um, was also really a deep dive into what am I good at at that job and, and what brings me satisfaction in that job and realizing that a lot of that job was a lot of people skills and also a lot of project management and I enjoyed managing a team. I enjoyed watching people grow and realizing the things that I was really good at. And then also realizing, you know, there are, are just basic skills like understanding Excel and PowerPoint and how to communicate and how to write a good email and realizing that I can transfer those to other businesses. And it's one of the things that I talk to women about all the time, which is you might be in one field or one industry and feel like you're stuck in that industry. But so many of us have skills that can be transferred to another industry. You can learn about another industry. I learned about the interior design industry 
and I was able to transfer my selling skills and my marketing skills that's helped me build my business and my people skills to a different field. And it is possible. I think a lot of times women don't think it is. Um, and they feel very stuck in the tunnel with their jobs and their careers. But if you start to look just a little bit broader, you can find that you can transfer those skills. And learning is great. You know, I mean, I'm now 53 and I just wrote a book and I had to learn how to write a book and I had to learn how to do radio interviews and podcasts. And like learning is so exciting. And so it's it's great to to find a second career path or another passion path where you can learn. Um, I, and I encourage women and men, that's so important. You know, learning is so important with our overall well-being. And I'm fortunate that I get to do that every day. I'm constantly learning because everything is new and different. Well, one of the things that you said is, and I, I sort of honed in on this one, you said, my only boss is me. And uh, I'm quoting you. Uh, yes. I guess from your webpage every morning, uh, and I've ne- never been more passionate about my work. But really, it's my only boss is me, and it feels really good. And you have your daughter, and you have this beautiful home and this great business. Do you think that, you know, as a woman, because your only boss is you, and you're not married, you're divorced twice, that that is a or is an asset? I do. I, I really do because. It helps you realize the strength that you have within yourself. And I always say to people, if you don't take care of yourself first, no one else will. It's just like when you get on the airplane, they tell you to put your mask, oxygen mask on first if there's a tragedy and then help someone else. So I think especially for women, we are so accustomed to taking care of everyone else and then putting ourselves at the end of that list. And so I have been able, because my only boss is me, I have to take care of me. I am the only one that will generate the revenue and the income to keep this life going. And that is incredibly stressful at times. I will not lie. Um, But at the same time, since I am my own boss, I can control that stress and I can manage that myself and I can make decisions about projects that I take on and things that I do and when I do them or clients that I choose to work with or not work with because it's my choice and it's incredibly empowering. And I find when I meet other people in person and they find out about my story, they feel very empowered by what I do. And I want that energy of that empowerment to translate to other people, to get them to see that, yes, it's scary to be your own boss and be responsible for everything, but it also has such an incredible reward. And it has given me such a sense of peace, not just happiness, peace, I wake up every morning feeling very peaceful, even when it's stressful, just very peaceful. And that is something I wish I could help more people feel because it is a really great gift. I think peaceful is that really resonates with me. I like the word peaceful because many people are talk about they want to be happy, which, you know, I I don't think really describes your what you've done and your sense of well-being, but peaceful is a really good word. So you wake up every morning and you feel peaceful, calm, I assume, too, just as a certain calmness. Correct. Uh, yeah. So get, we didn't, I didn't even, the name of the firm is Jermar Designs, right? Capital J-E-R, capital yeah. M-A-R. Yes, Designs. We want everybody to know the name of, the, of your company. But so it, let's kind of bring it into the book. How can we, I mean, there's a lot in your first book. 
a memoir. Um, tell us what can we glean a few, you know, uh, things that we can get from the book and then everybody should go out and obviously buy the book. But, um, because you have a, as I understand it, a toolkit of resources to help us calm our minds and feel successful and peaceful in what we're doing. Yeah, the book has a lot in it. Um, so the book is a memoir. So I walk through the different stages and it's, it's organized just like the analogy of building a house from the foundation to the framing, to the finish work, to the design work. And, um, you know, the design work takes you up to where I am now. Um, I walk through everything within my life from how I was raised and my relationship with my parents and the environment I was raised in and um, not feeling like I ever fit in, living in a very wealthy town, not being wealthy and um, being raised by a single parent and the emotional toll that took on me and how, you know, not realizing it at the time, but re- realizing later, reflecting back the impact of that. And then I go through um, you know, my two marriages, my divorces, being a mother. I talk a lot about my career, being an executive woman, uh, one of the only women in an executive leadership role for sales and what that was like, having to travel, you know, like only girl at the boardroom table. Um, and so I walk through all of those facets of my life. And then there's also a lot about mindset and wellness and how I learned to have to take better care of myself with what I eat and Exercise has always been important, but I've incorporated meditation and journaling and realizing the power that I have for myself and my mindset. So throughout my story, I have been told and have found from readers that people can relate to different parts of my life at different times, and it relates to different people differently um, in terms of different situations, and people find my story very relatable. And then when they see what I've been able to do Um, since I got fired from my job and the changes that I've been able to make to my life, which has led me to write my book, um, it helps empower them. And so there's a whole chapter that talks about interior design and wellness within your house and things that you should really think about, such as what's the first thing you see when you open your eyes in the morning? Um, Is it laundry? Is it beautiful artwork? Is it a pretty color on the ceiling? I have wallpaper on the ceiling in my bedroom. That's the first thing I see, plus a beautiful piece of artwork. What's the first thing that your feet feel when they step out of bed? So getting people to really think about the sensory experiences they have first thing in the morning. When you walk into your bathroom and you turn on the lights, do they have dimmers? Because please, if they don't put in a dimmer, you want soft lighting in the morning. It's how do you wake up your body? So there are lots of tips and tricks in there um, about your home, interior design, and then there's a whole resource section um, with just sharing my journey of different books that I read, different businesses that I went to, to try to figure out what I was going to do and how I was going to build a business. Um, There's lots of resources in there, just, just sharing my path and the resources that I found that helped me, things like finding people on Upwork and Small Business Association offers free assistance to small businesses, and you can get a business coach for free from them to help you start your business um, and ask questions. And, you know, how do you find an insurance broker? So I just I just explain my path and share some of the resources that I found um, and also the resources that I use for wellness. Some of my favorite podcasts, some of my favorite people I follow on Instagram, whether it be for cooking or for lifestyle. And just to share, these are resources that I have that have helped me, and hopefully they can help other people as well. Yeah. So you're sharing all the emotional, all the emotions and, and the emotional journey that you've taken, as well as the very practical 
Inter- yeah, I'm not going to rename them, but exactly what you said, Correct. insurance, money, how to, you know, get started. Correct. And how did HGTV find you? I think that's so exciting. And I hope you win, by the way, designer of the year. <laughs> thank, you. <laughs> thank you. so. Thank you so much. It was such an honor just to even be nominated by HGTV as a designer of the year because it's a national, it's a national award. And, and, you know, I, you know, just started my design business three years ago. So to have that is, just such recognition for what I'm doing. And that just made me feel um, really so grateful that I really am doing things that are helping people. Um, So people can find me multiple ways. Um, My book is called Two Feet In, Lessons from an All-In Life. You can find it on Amazon. It's available in every format. Um, I recorded the audio version of it recently, so you can find that on anywhere you can buy audiobooks. Um, plus it's hardcover or you can get it, the Kindle version. Um, and you can also follow me on Instagram, which is Jermar, J-E-R-M-A-R underscore designs on Instagram. And you can also find me on my website, which is jermardesigns.com. So J-E-R-M-A-R designs.com. Uh, you've been able to do this in three years. What do you say to people say, you know, I can't, three years, how am I going to be able to be as successful as you in, in just three years? I mean, is, and maybe this is the last question. I don't know. Cause we only have a couple minutes left, but, uh, would you, is there a time when let's say someone is trying to kind of follow your lead, but isn't able to do it? Uh, at what point should one give up or should they, or should they not give up? Maybe they can't run there. Maybe they try it, but they can't do it. Uh, then what? Can't get out on their own. Can't. Yeah. Right. So, so I think it's about, you know, before you give up, understand why is it not succeeding and find yourself a business coach. And um, I invested in my business and invested in myself very early on and hired a business coach. And it was a big financial investment, but it was critical to the success that I have now. It really was. And that person can help you understand if your business model is a good business model, how you're going to handle your marketing, your sales, all the different aspects of your business. And that is the type of person who can help you identify if you're really going in the right path. Everything from who's your target market and how are you marketing to that target market? I wanted to market to anyone who wanted to spend money on interior design. Well, that doesn't work. (laughs) So having someone who specializes in your field or even just specializes in understanding a business um, is very helpful. I also encourage people, if you can get a mindset coach or, you know, there are lots of things that you can subscribe to at a very low monthly fee to understand mindset, to help yourself, because that you're your worst enemy. And if you believe you can do it, then that's what you need. And then if it's just business sense, tap into people as resources, family, friends. It's amazing how many people you probably know that can help you get your business off the ground. And there are free resources out there. You just have to ask. If you start asking and talking to people and telling them your idea and what you want to do, you will be amazed at how many people are willing to help and provide guidance, assistance, direction, and then just believe anyone who comes in your path comes in your path for a reason and say yes and pursue those emails, pursue those texts. Don't say no to the coffee and just be open to the path that it takes you on. Thank you so much for being on the show. Obviously, a lot of great information. I'm going to leave it with that the kind of the last thing you've said, invest in yourself. I think that's one of the issues maybe women have difficulty with, but invest in yourself in all the different ways that you've described. And also many more, I'm sure that that are in the book, but the title of the book is Two Feet In, Lessons from an All in Life, Jean Collins. 
Um, good luck with the book and uh, good luck with all your exciting work. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much, you. Catherine. Thank you for having me on. It was a pleasure. Thank you. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. 